Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Community Solutions Podcast, coming to you from the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in beautiful downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Jack Terman, Jr., a faculty member in the department and your host for this podcast. This podcast is a production of the students, faculty, staff, and community partners associated with our department, and we are so grateful for all of their efforts in bringing you this valuable information. A special thanks to all of our listeners. Our downloads and subscribers are growing, and we are so thankful. Make sure to keep spreading the word about our podcast to your friends and neighbors around the globe as we work to build healthy, hope-filled neighborhoods for everybody. Please remember to subscribe to, follow, rate, and review our podcast. Over the past two episodes, we have learned how our residents and workplace impact our health outcomes. Today, our students Kim and Janika chat with Sula Hood, a professor in the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences. They're going to talk about the importance of knowing your family health history when it comes to fully understanding your own health. Sula works with families during their family reunions. In this setting, she's able to help participants understand their generational health issues. Her work beautifully highlights the importance of intergenerational communication strategies and having these conversations in a venue where all individuals are comfortable chatting about their lives and their determinants of health. So let's go have a joyful day and let's join the conversation. Kim Wiseman, and I am joined by Janika Brown. We are both MPH students in the Social and Behavioral Sciences Department, and we are interviewing Dr. Sula Hood today. So could you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with families and communities and health? Okay. So, uh, Prior to coming on as a faculty here at IUPUI, um, I was a postdoctoral uh, fellow at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and I worked on a project um, called the Black Family Reunion Project. Um, it was a uh, formative study where we were really interested in um, seeing if African Americans were interested in having health promotion activities brought to their family reunions. And so for that particular project, I uh, was responsible for conducting individual interviews. I conducted um, 44 individual interviews with family reunion organizers as well as attendees. and. Um, we asked about a variety of different types of things. Uh, but something that really uh, stood out to me um, during these interviews um, was just um, two of the questions uh, I asked. Um, 
how often do you and your family members talk about health and uh, what types of health topics do you and your family members talk about? And um, I think it just popped out at me because of my health communication background. But people would almost consistently um, discuss the fact that they really don't talk about health um, amongst their family members. And um, people really talked about the fact that that prevents uh, individuals who may, for example, be newly diagnosed with a condition. Um, if there's someone in the family who has already um, been managing that illness or has overcome that illness, um, that's a reduced opportunity for social support if you don't know that someone in your family um, has already dealt with this condition, and you, so you can't go to them for informational support or maybe emotional um, support. Or, um, of, as I previously said, it also influences your ability to be able to know what runs in your family. And so um, um, there's a, several benefits to working in the family reunion context, especially when you're thinking about something like increasing communication about health in the families. Um, reunions are an intergenerational context, and so uh, you typically have—can um, have up to about five generations present, and so um, it's a space where you can, you have multiple generations there where you can promote the importance. But also, it's a, a largely attended um, community-based um, space. It's about two to three days on average, um, and uh, reunions tend to have anywhere between 50 to over 200 or more family members present. I just love working in, in this context. And you could probably cover a lot of ground, too, with all those people in one spot. Exactly. So it seems you really immerse yourself in the community when you're out at these family reunions. So why is it important to you to work in that type of setting? Um, I really, really enjoy, just in general, working in community um, spaces. I think I was made for that. Um, I'm an extrovert, and I am a people person, and I really get um, motivation and inspiration, and, and I feel that my work is most impactful when I'm interacting um, with the community, but specifically in terms of um, working in the family reunion context, it really affords the opportunity for us to um, access and reach individuals of a diverse variety of, of backgrounds. So at family reunions, you have older adults, um, you have younger adults, individuals across the life course, um, people of different socioeconomic backgrounds, education levels. Um, the other thing that you have um, is a large presence of African-American males in the family who are very active within the family reunion and um, in clinical as well as um, just uh, health promotion research in general, African-American males tend to be an underrepresented population. And so um, family reunions and, and working just in the context of community spaces, for me, um, afford the opportunity to—for us as researchers, not to just rely upon participants to volunteer, but for us to go to the natural settings um, where participants are. And so there's— Reunions represent an opportunity for us to, to go to a space where we can actually reach people. Similarly, um, I have uh, done quite a bit of work with African-American barbershops. Um, and so, once again, um, this is a, a space for us to meet African-American men um, in a 
in a space where they um, are comfortable and that is natural for them. And, and the same um, type of thing goes for uh, family reunions. It's a comfortable space. It's a space where people are amongst their family members um, and for us to meet the people where they are. So in some, I would say, meet. The, it's. I really enjoy community-based research because I can meet people where they are um, instead of them having to come and to a campus that could be intimidating um, and whatnot. So they might be more comfortable in the situation where you're doing your research. Exactly. And are you finding that they're pretty receptive? I know sometimes when you go into communities, you can meet a little bit of resistance with, with just new people coming in, but are mm-hmm. people usually happy that you're there? They are, and uh, that's something kind of that goes along with People always ask me, how do you find reunions, or do you have a hard time getting um, people to participate in? Uh, and I actually get requests for my um, team and I to come there um, to their reunions. And so uh, people are very, very, very receptive. Um, our first family reunion that um, we worked with um, actually was a day after my first uh, recruitment event. There was a, a young man who was taking on um, the reunion organizer role for the reunion that year, and um, we were at um, a recruitment event in the community, and his mother, his grandmother, and two of his aunts were present, and he um, talked with them, and they came over, and they were like, our reunion is tomorrow. Can you come to our reunion tomorrow? So not only did they look at um, us being there and us coming there as something just for the purposes of my research, but they really understood um, the benefit uh, that they could receive um, from my team being present. One of the things that we do when we go to reunions, we almost set up like a a mini health fair, and so um, we have information available uh, that is beneficial to um, individuals at every stage of the life course, and so we have things on um, childhood obesity prevention that can be helpful for the parents. Um, things uh, that appeal to men and women about um, uh, gender-specific screenings, such as, um, you know, screenings for prostate cancer. And um, we have um, things also uh, that are important for older adults, uh, things about uh, falls prevention and uh, how to care for older adult family members. And one of the things I've found is that we do so much with adults just in research, but um, this is a setting where we can also kind of shape children's behavioral norms, and so we also bring out uh, healthy coloring pages and, and little things for the kids um, as well. Okay, so it sounds like people are pretty receptive about you coming out to the f- uh, family reunions, and by the time you're done, it's almost like you're part of the family. Yes, absolutely. Uh, one of the things we've definitely found is that by the time we leave the reunion, a lot of people have come up and talked to us. A lot of times they'll come and talk to us about specific health conditions and whatnot, but they really also just embrace um, my students and I. It's not uncommon by the time we've left that uh, they send my students home with plates of food and um, really encourage them uh, to keep on going in school and whatnot. Um, So, yeah, I just love it. That's awesome. Well, this is a podcast about community solutions, so um, can you just leave our listeners with a few things they can do to take charge of their um, family health history and just improving health and their health in their communities? 
Oh my goodness, I'm so glad that you said CHARGE. <laughs> uh, the acronym for my uh, research is CHARGE, um, and communicating about health across related generations. Uh, so um, I would say uh, there's a few things that individuals can do to kind of take charge of um, their health and, and encouraging their family members to take charge of their health. Um, there are a lot of different health materials that are available um, online that can be easily printed off and, and provided um, at, in the family reunion context. Individuals can also get in contact with like the local health departments um, or local health organizations like the local diabetes association chapter. But also going back to the availability of online materials, uh, the general public uh, a lot of times doesn't know, but there are uh, family uh, reunion toolkits that are available online if, if, if someone does a simple uh, Google search. But also, um, I would say uh, the types of individuals that I found who have really been very influential in families um, tend to be, if a family has a health care provider or health care providers, they can be in kind of the family family health champions, and so uh, they tend to be the individuals that people in their family uh, tend to rely upon and talk to about health issues. And so um, I've gone to reunions before, actually, where uh, we didn't really have to put that much of our materials out because there was already a nurse in the family, and they've been doing that. So that's something that can easily be done at the reunion setting, and it can be sustained um, for uh, future reunion events with the family. Um, and similarly, uh, just encouraging uh, individuals themselves uh, to share their own um, stories in terms of their uh, health experiences and maybe um, encouraging testimony f testimonies from other uh, family members who have um, been, for example, uh, survivors of breast cancer or other uh, conditions. It can be really empowering um, to other family members um, who may be hiding um, that they are living with certain health conditions, and it, and it really um, helps the family ultimately to be supportive of one another because that's what family's about. All righty. Thank you, Dr. Hood, for coming and talking with us this afternoon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.